Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. everybody. We're back with another episode in our marriage series, and we are today going to be talking about something that maybe took us a little while to figure out in our marriages, or me in my marriage. This is Audrey doing the intro today. (laughs) We're going to be talking about being independent and happy in your marriage, so we're going to get into that here in a second. Yes, and you know, we've talked about this in other episodes that by and large, the image we have of a marriage comes from generally our parents' marriage and also any other marriages we saw a lot of growing up, right? And so you may enter into a marriage thinking, well, yeah, everyone, each person in a marriage is very independent, should have their own personality, their own their own interests and likes, or you might be the opposite. No, when you're a couple, you do everything together and you like everything together, you know? So we're just kind of trying to explore this, this topic a little bit and talk about the benefit to being um, your own self, your own independent person. Um, kind of a funny thing that happened recently in our marriage was um, my husband and I went on a little trip to get away together for the weekend. It was great. And um, our babysitter watched our kids and she's now married. And so when we came home, they were both at the house and we were just sitting and chatting. And I said something like, you know, I love reconnecting with my husband because it means that he talks more because he's a very quiet person and I'm the talker. Big surprise. And so I said, very often I'll, I'll even ask him questions and he just will not respond. Because that's just, he's just a thinker and he'll just sit and think for a while. And maybe 20 minutes later, he'll, he'll say something back. And I'm thinking, am I chopped liver? Like, did, are you deaf? Like, did you even hear what I said? Because in the family I came from, we talk ad nauseum, respond all the time. Anyway, so I mentioned this and our sitter goes, oh my gosh, I'm not going crazy. He's exactly the same way. I'll say blah, 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 blah. Right, honey? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> we just giggled and giggled that, okay, we're not alone. And that's by no means a strictly male thing. You know, it's a personality thing. And very often a chatty one is married to a non-chatty one. So anyway, I thought that was humorous. If you also have a a spouse who does not respond, you're not alone. (laughs) They're still good people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And here I am the, like the non-chatty one, just because like, I want to think about it for a while. And so I'll be like, I'll be like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, and then I'll be like 30 minutes later, I'll be like, okay, so you know how we were talking about this. And I know what I want to say about that now. And he'll yeah, be like, yeah. hang on, let me pull that back up from wherever it went when I was right, done He's already moved it. on. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's a talker <laughs> thing. Yeah, for sure. Funny. Uh, we're going to discuss independence and a happy marriage. So um, this is kind of like, I remember the days of first being in love and you thought you wanted to be together all the time and never be more than six inches apart and all that. But then you were married for a little bit. And for it took a little while to realize all the things we're going to be talking about today. We're going to answer the question not only of how to seek independence a little bit, we're going to discuss that, but mostly we're going to address why. Why you want to have a little bit of independence and how your marriage can still stay happy. 
Totally, totally. Yeah, so if you haven't listened to us before, we will just tell you right up front, we are big fans of lifelong faithful monogamous marriages. We are Christian women, and that is our our viewpoint on the world. Um, But we also believe in being very confident and capable women ourselves. And so we're going to largely be talking to the women out there, but if you happen to be a husband who's listening, it it works for you too. Um, So what does this look like in a faithful marriage where you are going to each other, you know, you're, you're counseling together in big decisions and, and you love each other and are connecting, but you still are your own person. How do you be your best self and the best spouse to your partner? Right. Thank you so much for adding that caveat. If you want to know like exactly what you we think about intimacy and marriage, we have an episode about that too. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, and you'll find out that we are not interested in independence in that part of your relationship. That's no. not what we're talking about today. <laughs> All right. So we are going to start with um, this thought that developing yourself makes you more well-rounded. And if when your husband develops himself he becomes more well-rounded. And that is a benefit to both of you in your relationship. Totally. In fact, I have to share a funny story here. When I was a child, well, a teen, um, we had an activity at a church activity, I think, where we all sat down and talked about the attributes we'd be looking for when we started to date. Um, and we were looking for a potential spouse. And we all wrote lists, right? Like, oh, he would have this and he would have this. And just to kind of brainstorm, what what are you looking for? What do you think would be um, a good partnership to your own personality? Um, but in my 13 or 14-year-old mind, it was like, well, he will look the specific way and he will listen to this music and he will like these kinds of books and this kind of food. I didn't quite understand that I was going to get a human being with his own developed tastes and passions and it was going to look nothing like mine. I didn't realize that the most important things were going to be like two or three, you know, honesty, faithfulness, loves me kind of a thing, right? Um, So it was kind of a silly thing to do. And now as a mature woman, I realize our spouses are totally different from us and we should be totally different from them. And as we develop our own selves and our own personalities and our own talents, we have so much more to bring to the table. Nobody wants to end up together forever with somebody who is a dud, right? Who has no different interests or hobbies or, or passions. And I do think that in some relationships, um, especially, I will, I will even say this, especially the wife, I think is sometimes a little bit afraid to um, offer an opposing opinion or, um, you know, stand up for something that she believes that is vastly different from her spouse. That is what makes a marriage exciting. That's where the spice comes from is two totally different people coming together. Yes, that, that is so awesome. So it brings to mind something that um, my husband and I did, oh, I don't know, quite a few years ago, we had this, um, we had this health food, health examination where like we had blood tests done and we had hair analysis done and we had all these things done and we looked we were looking at each other um at the like at the core level like how you're made up chemically and and um you know your minerals and all that and it was based like um there was a lot the purpose of it was to discover what foods you're eating and how you know what foods you need to eat to become healthier but what was so funny, what sticks in my mind about that is like my husband and I were like clones. <laughs> we're like identical twins um, because we were like, we eat the same thing. And so like we had through, I don't know when we were 15 years or something by that time, we, we were like, not, not genetically, but like chemically, we were like so, so similar. And so I'm bringing this up as an example because there are so many ways like living with somebody that you become 
like, okay, so scripturally, it says the two become one. And we're very interested in that, like, like harmony and all those ideas. We And we talk about that a lot on our marriage series. You can go listen to the other ones. But in this one, we're thinking about, like, there's so much that brings you together, especially in a good, healthy marriage, that seeking something um, from, from outside or something different is going to add like another ingredient. So if you have like a two ingredient pie, it's going to be kind of boring, but you know, you start adding some spices or you start adding some different elements into your, you know, pie or salad or whatever dish you're making, it's going to be more interesting and more enjoyable for everybody. But because I just want to say like, because we live together and we eat the same things and we live together and we're learning how to be like each other and, you know, all, all these things that make us more and more like each other, it's like you have to kind of intentionally seek a little bit of independence to be able to bring in that that spice or that difference. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, and definitely happens the longer you get married too. Like really at the beginning, you tend to, the challenge tends to be melding, right? Taking yeah. all these different viewpoints yeah. and melding. And after a few years, it kind of, you kind of start to think, oh, actually we need to remember that we are our own, per- our own people too, right? Okay, so number two, um, being independent means that you have the freedom to spend time together and apart, right? Versus the being kind of stuck in this bondage of we have to do all the things together, right? And again, like you said, at the, the beginning of a marriage, that's normal. Like I, we feel like it's almost the first year or two, right? When you don't really want to go on group dates and you don't really want to see your friends very much because it's that honeymoon period and you are just dying to be together 24-7, which is totally normal and healthy. Um, but after a while, you really have to remember who you are as a person. And if you are both really dependent on each other, that can be a bit of a struggle. Very often it's one that's more that way than the other. And the one who wants to be dependent is like, oh, but I thought we were going to do something every weekend forever. And your spouse is like, oh no, I actually want to go out with my guy friends or I wanted to do this with my girlfriends. Um, maintaining those interests and that healthy balance is a really important thing to do. Right. And so on this one, this is really, we're kind of addressing the thoughts behind the time that you spend together. So, you know, if you're just um, a couple years into the marriage, in the first couple years of marriage, um, we're going to talk about um, have to versus want to is the thought here, right? So let's let's first look at it about um, making a meal, right? Okay, it's supper time. You're like, oh, I have to make dinner, right? Do you enjoy it? Does anything you turn out to make, does anything you cook that meal taste good? Nah, not really. But if you cook an I want to meal, Oh my goodness. I want to be there and eat that one because that's a good one, right? So this is the same thing, the thoughts about spending time together or spending time apart. Like I want to, well, you're going to enjoy the time together or you're going to enjoy the time apart. Same thing with, you know, it, it goes both ways. So spending time, I have to spend time together. Well, that's not going to be as enjoyable as I want to spend time together. Um, I have to spend time away from him is not going to be enjoyable as I want to spend time away from him. So it's like the thoughts going into what you do, both when you're together and when you're apart. And it's like, it just, just changing your thought about it makes you feel free or makes you feel in bondage. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the good news is you control those thoughts, only you. I mean, sometimes you might think it's a little bit more difficult because of a certain circumstance or whatever, but you get to choose them, which is phenomenal. This really reminds me of a quote that I read this week, and I'm going to share it with you guys. It's a little bit longer, but I'll include it in the show notes too, because I thought it was so powerful. Um, and it's talking about a mother and her attention to the home, right? 
says, by inattention to household duties, the little touches that make or mar the family peace, many a woman has reduced her home to a comfortless house, and many another has eliminated the essential elements of home by her self-assumed and persistent drudgery, in which she denies to her dear ones the cheer of her loving companionship. One-sided service, however devoted, may become neglect. So as a mom, you can probably see both sides of that, right? The day where you've just been like, so tired and so exhausted, you do nothing and the house is a wreck and everybody's miserable, right? Or the other days where you feel like everything is on your shoulders. So you're running around doing everything and you feel like a slave and you're also miserable, right? There's a, a, a happy medium and the same goes with the marriage, right? When we have these thoughts like, oh, I got to do something with him or I have to, you know, we have to be together. It becomes, like you said, bondage or drudgery, right? When your thoughts are, I'm so excited to see my husband tonight. We haven't talked in a while. We're going to have this conversation or I'm going to share this or I'm just going to be happy no matter how he shows up. It's so freeing, right? How are we looking at this relationship? Are we looking at, looking at it as something liberating and exciting or something that just involves some drudgery? And, and that requires work, you know, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. Both ways. So I mentioned that when you're at the beginning of the marriage, you're like, oh, I have to spend time apart. Well, maybe when you get a little farther into your marriage, maybe when you're 10 years in, you're like, oh, I have to do something together. Right. Like we have an episode on date night. Oh, it's Friday. We have to do a date night. <laughs> so like, you know, it's just those thoughts about it that can totally change how you feel either, either way, the spending time together or the spending time apart. But right. it's your choice, what you're doing. If you keep right. in mind that you're choosing to do that rather than you having to do right. that. It might require a little bit of adaptation, right? Because guaranteed one of you probably wants to spend more time together than the other one. That's just life, right? We're, we're both different. So you might have to have some conversations about this. Like, hey, a, a weekly date night is perfect for me. How about you? And maybe he prefers to do an every other week because on those off weeks, he wants to go see his friends. You know, get to a point where you're both really comfortable and feeling like you're getting enough from the relationship without suffocating each other. <laughs> the last thought I had about this was, a healthy marriage means we give our spouse the best, but we also don't require something of him or her that he can't give. Okay. So for many years, I kept expecting my husband to listen and chat at me like my girlfriends do. And he just doesn't do that because it's not his personality. And for a while it was frustrating to me. And I kept thinking something's wrong with our relationship or something's wrong with him or, you know, why can't he give me this until I realized because that's not him and wanting him to change is not doing him any good or our marriage any good. So instead I come to him for the things that I know he can give me and that I need from him. And then I go to my girlfriends for the chitty chitty chat chat, because that's what they can give to me, um, you know, and, and specific advice or whatever. Um, but to, to just really focus on only asking for what they can give, right. Not requiring them to change for you. Right. That is such a good point. It again, brings in the bondage part of it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on to number three, think about the example that you're setting for others. If you have a happy marriage, if you have a successful marriage, um, there's some level of responsibility to teach your success formula to others, to share your success formula with others. Like just let's be honest, the rate of divorce or unhappy marriage is so um, rampant out there that like, how can we help others? So that's what we're going to address on number three is like, how do we help others if, when we are in a successful and happy marriage? Yeah. And one of the coolest feelings in the world is having a happy and supportive spouse that then 
gives you the impetus to go out there and improve yourself, right? There's nothing like being in a happy relationship that makes you want to be a better person for yourself and for them, right? Um, and hopefully, if it's a good relationship, they can help be this cheering section for you. You want to go out and develop a hobby or a talent or a business, and they can be right there behind you supporting you. It's it's fantastic when it works correctly. Yes, absolutely. I read one of my favorite um, articles. is um, It was in one of... Let's see. Maybe I'll see if I can find it. It might be on the blog as well. So Chip Jane Gaines wrote an article about Joanna and about seeing her succeed and becoming her cheerleader when he thought going into their marriage, he would have the leading role and she would be the cheerleader. And so that article, like it just gives me chills to think about it and to see him supporting her in such a way when he realized like she really had the magnetism and he needed to just support that. That's, that's really neat. If I can find that article, I'll, uh, I'll link to it. Um, but think about the most important people or maybe the people that we have the biggest responsibility or the most opportunity to set an example for is our kids, right? How do we want our children to feel in their marriages? Successful, stuck, <laughs> independent, in bondage? Like, like this isn't just about us. Once we have children in our relationship, we need to show them how healthy, successful, happy people navigate a marriage because they're going to be modeling their relationships on that. You can think about your marriage and your parents' marriages and how kind of you maybe brought in some of the baggage (laughs) Mm -hmm. because that's what we all did, right? It's what we grew up under. So maybe just the thought of minimizing some of that baggage that we pass on to our kids and some of that baggage can be this like this codependency that we can't spend time away from each other. We can't develop ourselves. Yeah. We have to be like this uniperson that has Uni- no <laughs> interest. Uniperson. Mm. Yes, the goal is to pass on to your children the smallest handbag of baggage and not yes. the largest supersize set of luggage. <laughs> we can. Yeah. They need a <laughs> luggage cart to get it along with them. <laughs> uh, even with our best our best efforts, they will probably have that anyway. And that's okay. Uh, yes. That's what therapy is for. It's good. Yes. Um, You know, I personally have, my heart has been broken seeing women end up in relationships with, with spouses that are domineering or very controlling or even abusive. Um, And I really feel like, and, and not that it's ever anyone's fault that they end up in a relationship like this. However, I really feel like if children grow up seeing mothers and fathers who demand respect from each other, consideration from each other, who really love each other and do not allow that kind of mistreatment, then the children are much more likely to grow up demanding the same. Um, And uh, recently my son was doing a little bit of research and found out that um, boys, psychologists say that boys largely get their sense of empathy from their fathers. So if they grow up without a father that shows a lot of empathy, guess what? They grow up as men who do not have empathy for their family members or society at large. So um, these examples, like they don't just end when that marriage dissolves or, you know, when the children leave the home or whatever, those ripples go on forever. And so it's our responsibility to stop that and to make sure that our children know what an acceptable relationship looks like, what a happy, healthy relationship looks like. Yeah, that is, that is such good advice. Um, Okay. Number four is stop relying on your spouse for your happiness. (laughs) There is one episode, um, of early, very early episode of the life coach school podcast that really, really made this like super clear for me. And I will find it and link it in the show notes. Um, 
but it brought such clarity and such um, growth to my marriage, if I'm going to be honest here, about stop relying on your spouse for your happiness. I think one line, one line out of that, the one that sticks in my mind so much is that um, I expect you to make me happy when I don't even really know how to make myself happy. I'm not really very good at making myself happy, but here I'm expecting my spouse to figure it out and make me happy. Yeah. Honestly, I, I have told my husband before, there are two things I want my children to really understand. One is a relationship with God. And number two is how to make themselves happy. And I'm not talking about doing irresponsible things like leaving their relationship because they just don't feel happy, but doing the hard work of understanding what thoughts they're allowing in and what's poisoning their, their mentality, right? Because it does not, the situation does not matter. We know that, right? We, we hear stories of women and men who survived concentration camps and we're still able to keep a positive outlook. Clearly the situation is not the problem. It's what's up here, right? And so, I mean, granted, we have our boundaries, right? If a a spouse were to be abusive, then we would then take actions to keep ourselves safe. Um, But when it comes to the day-to-day happiness, if it is reliant on your husband's actions or your wife's actions, you will be miserable for the rest of your life. (laughs) I can clearly attest to that because they cannot possibly do everything right. And when they do, you'll find something else wrong with it because that's just how our brains work, right? Um, if you are like us and believe that, that your happiness or your sadness comes from your thoughts, then that is where you start, not with your spouse's actions, because good luck trying to control them. We haven't yet figured it out. Yes. One of the most empowering things that I have ever done is take charge of my own happiness. Because when you are in control of your own happiness, nobody else can take it away from you. Yes, nobody else totally. can give it to you. Nobody else can take it away from you. And that my friends, is one of the most empowering things that you can ever figure out. So I have an example here um, to show you how this can work in what we're talking about, independence and a happy marriage. So when we were early in our marriage, um, my husband had this interest in in flying and specifically um, flying in like a glider. So an airplane without an engine, they take it up, they pull it up with another airplane and they let it go and it glides down like, like a bird, right? No motor, anything. That absolutely terrifies me. I would like die before I could do that. But, (laughs) but if my, (laughs) I know, right. I would be like vomiting the whole way down or something (laughs) like there would be, yeah, it would not be pretty, but my husband loved that. And if he, if I had said, Oh, we have to do everything together and I am not leaving the ground in one of those gliders, then I would have deprived him of that happiness because he loved that. And same thing with me. Okay, sewing, for example, he really doesn't have any interest in sewing or learning about sewing or anything. And But he's never deprived me of that. He has allowed me to explore that and become very involved in that, independent of him. And that adds to mm-hmm. each of our happinesses. And we can bring that happiness and that joy and that empowerment back into our marriage and be better, be a better person for each other. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I would also interject here too, that we need to maybe um, sit down and have a chat a couple of times throughout the marriage, not just once, about our perceived roles of husband and wife and um, whether or not we need to change things, right? Um, So I grew up in a, a very conservative household where mom was predominantly responsible for raising the kids and dad was predominantly responsible for bringing home a paycheck to pay for everything. Um, 
And I've had to kind of wrestle with some feelings like, what happens if I make money? What happens if I want to work? What happens if my husband wants to be more involved in raising the kids? Like, what does that look like? Um, and, and to make sure that you and your spouse are on the same page there so that he doesn't feel threatened if the wife wants to go out and do something that maybe he thought he would be predominantly in charge of, like you're saying, the chip game scenario, right? And the wife doesn't feel threatened if the husband wants to do more at home. I think we would all probably love that, actually, a little bit more laundry or whatever, but they usually just want to spend time with the kids and not do the laundry. But um, <laughs> anyway, just just to be really open about that so that everyone is getting exactly what they need out of the relationship. Our final tip for making sure that, uh, for the why behind this independence in a marriage is, heaven forbid something were to happen to your spouse, right? Divorce, deaths, um, disabilities happen every single day, sadly. Are we prepared for something like that? Um, it's just something none of us wants to think about, but it is really important. Right, right. And think about like, um, would you be prepared to be a single parent emotionally, financially, logistically, if something happened to your spouse and you had young children um, left at home? Like, what what are you going to do? Like, cultivating some of this independence before, um, mm -hmm. this is just another element of why it's kind of an important thing. Yeah. And just a few, you know, logistical ideas is, do you know how to log into all your financial institutions? check balances, pay bills, et cetera. Uh, very often one spouse or the other is largely responsible for that. Like in my family, it's me. I don't know if my husband knows how to do that. So that would be an important thing to make sure he knows how to do, right? In case something were to happen to me. Could you check or change your insurance policies? Do you have a good insurance policy on your spouse? One that would actually support you for a while if something happened to them. Um, do you know how to file taxes? <laughs> do you know how to make sure that you are paying taxes so you don't get in trouble? What about maintain your home or your property? Do you know, I mean, even if you don't know how to use the writing lawnmower, could you hire somebody to do it if something happened, right? Your husband was no longer able to do that or your or your wife wasn't able to, you know, you know, make dinner every night or whatever she does. Could you go out and do that? Um, and I will offer a side note here. It is always a good idea for both spouses to be involved in the finances. You don't both have to do the budgeting every week and both have to pay the bills. That can kind of get messy. But everyone should know what's going on financially because it's too easy to hide things and and um, get into messy spending if you don't have an accountability buddy. So that's my two cents right there. <laughs> and we do have a whole episode on finances and marriage. It's one of, one of the early ones in our series. But what I, what I was thinking of is, wouldn't you want your spouse to be prepared if something happened to you? And doesn't your spouse want you to prepare, be prepared if, heaven forbid, something should happen to them? Of course they do. And so when you think of it that way, it's not only like a good idea. It's like like really important for you to be able to handle it if something happened because like imagine if um okay so my father passed away suddenly he um when he was young and my mom I I watched my mom deal not only with the incredible tragedy and all the emotions dealing with that but have to figure out okay where's his life insurance information yeah. where you know all these things so um if you make it easier for yourself and know all these other things and you don't have to both navigate the grief and all the logistical stuff too, um, that's just kind of a really good idea. So definitely, you know, when we talk about it, it's like, oh yeah, that's a no brainer. But how many, how many weeks and months have gone by since you knew where you were financially or, or whatever, yeah. whatever is the one that you're kind of gliding on the back of the work they're doing. Just, right. just a thought there yeah. on that. Yeah. One last final thought about this was, um, I firmly believe that both spouses should be named on every asset as well. Um, it makes things a lot cleaner and easier. Sometimes it's just simpler for one spouse to go take out a 
HELOC or something. Um, but with both spouses on it, it makes it so much simpler for if something were to happen to one of them for the other one to assume all the assets and take control of everything. If, if your husband's the only one named on a credit card or a home or a car or whatever, it makes things a lot trickier for you to take things over after, after a death or disability or something. And like you say, to go through a tragedy like that is plenty to deal with. To add in all the logistical nightmare, don't want to deal with that at all. But anyway, Wait, time want... out. I'm oh, sorry. What's a HELOC? <laughs> oh, home equity line of credit. Okay. <laughs> I only know it because we're doing one really right now. <laughs> cool. It sounded really cool, and I want to know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So not to, not to end the episode on a, on a downer note, talking about death and disability, but it's just so important to be your own self, right? And I think I will also add here that very often in the world, it seems like we're a little bit way too far on the independent side and we don't rely on our spouse as much as we should. Um, but I think we all know what that happy medium looks like or or we will know it when we get there, right? Where we feel confident and happy in our own abilities and our own hobbies and interests. And we also desperately love and need our spouse to make us, um, you know, to build this happy home together. So that's right. what we're getting at. Right, right. My final thoughts on this are that this is something, this is like a gift you can give to your spouse, to yourself and to your spouse, is when you become independent, you can um, you can bring more to the table, you have more freedom, you have more happiness, you're setting a good example for your children, you're prepared if something happens to your spouse, all these things, but it's like a gift you're giving to your spouse and yourself. And so it's like there's there's really very few reasons not to... Um, it, it's kind of like if you don't do it, you're kind of stunting the growth or the possibility of yourself and your spouse and your marriage together. And yeah. so it's kind of something that we wanted you guys to think about today. That's it for today, everybody. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. And we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Oops, I just kind of dipped into your line. You did. That's okay. But I have some. But you can tell some of mine. That I can. <laughs> did you do okay. yours or not? Uh, no, but it kind of said that. So whatever. Just... Okay. So no, I have something to, to say on this. Okay. Hang on. Give me just a sec. It's going to come. <laughs>